Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. All right, well, if you have your Bibles, we're in Galatians chapter 4 as we're making our way through the Bible. And uh, so let's pray and we'll begin. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. And Lord, we do pray that as we go through life, Lord, we face so many different ideas and philosophies from other people. And we just thank you, Lord, that your word is true, that it's the same yesterday, today, forever. Lord, that it gives us, Lord, direction and guidance. And so we just pray you would continue to teach us your ways that we would walk in them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, last week we looked at Galatians 3 and verse 11 where it said, uh, but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. Uh, for the just shall live by faith. And then in verse 19 it says, what purpose then does the law serve? So if you've been coming on Wednesday night and we're reading Galatians, we're going to be done in a couple of weeks, and you wonder, what was the book of Galatians about? Well, verse 19, what purpose then does the law serve? If you're a Christian, you want to know, well, why did God give them the law? Well, the answer, verse 24, therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. So the purpose of the law is to show us that we're sinners and that how sinful we are and that we can't be good, right? When you understand the law, it's to show you that you can't be good. Some people say, well, why didn't Jesus just come way a long time ago? Well, he wanted to give people some time to realize, let's see if he can be good, and you can't. So we realize that we need salvation by faith. It can't be through works because we can't do it. And so the Pharisees in Jesus' day had got to the place where they misinterpreted the law to the place so incorrectly that they thought it only dealt with external things and that God only looks on the outside. And even some Christians today can think that, you know, uh, that just God looks at the outward. So if you're not robbing banks or cussing or chewing or running around with girls who do whatever, that you're, you know, you're a pretty good person because God doesn't look on the inside. But when we understand the law correctly, we realize that we need to be justified by faith because we can't keep the law externally or internally. And so that's where we're at in verse uh, chapter uh, 4. So let's pick it up in verse 1. It says, Now I say then, the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all. And we talked about this before, that if you're a child in a wealthy family, you're going to inherit a lot of money, but you don't have control over it when you're little, right? Because your parents realize, look, if you gave a five-year-old, lots of money, yeah, it wouldn't be good. So verse 2, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. So we talked about this before as well, that uh, until the time appointed by the father, father speaks about the time when the father in those days recognized when the child was mature enough to make adult decisions and when they were full grown in their mind and they could uh, handle that kind of responsibility. And I think it's interesting that in Paul's day, the father decided when you were mature enough, right, to take that spot. And, and, and often for the Jews, that age was 25 years old. Now, uh, most of you know in our society it's 18, but how many of you know uh, 
scientifically what age a person's frontal lobes develop. You know what frontal lobes are? It's the, it's the part of your brain that tells you not to jump off the roof, right? Um, my wife's dad, when he was a kid, his aunt told him, yeah, you're Superman. He had a cape, and he said, don't I look like Superman? He said, yeah, you're Superman. And he said, you think I can jump off the roof? He said, yeah, you can jump off the roof. So, you know, when his frontal lobes weren't developed, he climbed up on the house, jumped off the roof, and broke his leg, right? And so the frontal lobes tell you when you're 26, you don't do that, right? Anybody over 26 here, ask me if you can jump off your roof, and I'll tell you, yeah, and you'll tell me I'm not going to, right? So you know what that age is? 25, <laughs> right? So our society says you can make decisions when you're 18, but your frontal lobes don't develop until you're 25. So, uh, and for the Jewish people, it's 25. Now, uh, verse 3 says, even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. Now, he's using this allegory to give us this picture of a child inheriting an inheritance. And the idea is that as long as a person uh, is underage. They don't have control over the wealth they're going to inherit. And he's kind of applying that to as long as you are living in your relationship with God under the law, legalistically, then you're not going to enjoy the benefits of the inheritance that you have coming to you. Now, last week in Galatians 3.24, he said, therefore, the law was a tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. So uh, my righteousness is not based on my works. Now, that's so important. Because if you ever think on a Wednesday night, I'm not going to church this week because Monday and Tuesday I had a bad driving day and I cussed someone else and I don't deserve to be to church, right? You don't go to heaven because you deserve, because you're good, right? It's because of Jesus' death on the cross. And my works are not my efforts to make God happy with Bob and say, oh, Bob, if you be good enough, we'll let you in. No, my works now are a response to my appreciation for what God has done for me. And that's what a true personal relationship with Jesus is about. That if you teach Sunday school or work in the coffee shop or uh, whatever you do, you're involved with Juana or the video room or whatever you do, we want to be doing it in response to what he's already done. He initiated the relationship. He called us. He saved us out of sin and sent his son to die for us and forgives us by grace. And then in response to that, we say, Lord, I love you. What can I do to show my appreciation? And as a Christian, that's what Christian service is about. It is a response to a thank, its thankfulness and gratitude for what God has done for us. Now, when a person understands that, then your Christian experience is so different. Because if a person comes to church and thinks, how many more songs do we have to sing? Do I have to sing three? What if I sit down on the fourth song? Uh, or what if I only sing two? Is God going to be happy with me? I mean, when people come to church, do I have to tithe? Do I have to serve? Ugh, sounds like everybody ought to serve. Uh, you know, I mean, it's so different than if you come to church, and I'm so thankful that Calvary Chapel doesn't have membership where they sort of, okay, sign in blood that you will tithe and teach Sunday school until you die, right? I mean, they don't do it like that. But I mean, sometimes people get that idea, right? But, um, but for me, I was able just to sit in the back and listen to the Bible taught for years until God worked into my heart where I wanted to be involved and I wanted to serve. Now, when the pastor did ask me to serve, I didn't want to because I just wasn't spiritually mature enough. But in my heart, I wanted to serve God. I was like the person who was like, I want to tithe. God, I would give you everything, but I can't, <laughs> right? And so eventually I got to the place where my gratitude and my love for God overcame my selfishness and my greediness. And then I was like, okay, I'll do it. I'm going to serve God, right? And so the apostle Paul said that's what motivated him. 2 Corinthians 5.14, he said, 
For the love of Christ compels us. He's saying, it's God's love towards me that compels me to want to get involved and serve and, and, and be a part of his work of his kingdom, right? So in verse 4, he says, But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And so that word redeem, we've talked about it. Um, it it's a word that specifically means to set free by paying a price, right? In those days, there were a lot of slaves. In the Roman culture, if you were a slave, someone could pay the price and purchase your freedom. So in verse 5, when he says, to redeem us who were under the law, those people in that culture understood it. There were a lot of slaves. In fact, in the Roman Empire, there were uh, approximately 60 million slaves, and there were six slaves for every citizen in the Roman Empire. Did you get that? Six slaves for every one Roman citizen. As much as one-third of the ancient world were slaves. Now, I think it's important when we talk about this idea of redeeming a slave for us to understand slavery a little better because we now live in a time, for those of you who don't understand, where they're teaching in school a, a, a little bit different history of slavery, right? Slavery has existed since, those of you who read the Bible, the ancient Egyptians, right? Thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. Remember the whole story of Moses, Ten Commandments on TV every year? Was that yesterday? No, it was a long time ago, right? When did Charlton Heston die? I don't know. But I mean, with Moses, it was a long time ago, right? And here's the thing, that there is this idea that slavery started in America. In fact, you know, I've heard people talk about it on social media that slavery started in America and, and we're the worst people ever. But in reality, that slavery's been around for almost as long as you can look at recorded history. And, and it still exists today. In fact, uh, I was watching a, a YouTube video from PragerU. How, how many of you have ever watched a PragerU video? All right, four of you. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I mean, I think he's a conservative guy. I don't know if he's a Christian or not. But anyway, uh, this girl Candace Owen was on there, and she was talking about slavery. And she said, hey, it still exists today, and kind of talked about how slavery in America and how it got rolling is that there were uh, African people who were capturing other African people and selling them, you know, on slave ships. And she was saying even today that her research showed that there's as much as 700,000 slaves in Africa today in the very same place that they were shipped to America from, you know, uh, uh, hundreds of years ago. Now, it's interesting that the first country in the world with world influence to ban slavery, who knows who it was? It was Great Britain, right? And in 1776, they began to sla ban slavery in some of the states there. And then a year later in 1777, who, you know who the next country was? The United States, right? Abolished slavery. And do you know why? Because of Christianity. Because they were Christians that believed that slavery was wrong because they read the Bible. And that was 247 years ago. And then you all know in 1863, Abraham Lincoln then, uh, you know, issued the final Emancipation Proclamation. And I asked you this before, so I want to ask you again to see how many of you remember. But so that was in 18, 1863. Now, three years before Abraham Lincoln signed that document to, to ban slavery in all of America, uh, who knows what percentage of Americans own slave? And I asked you this before. Was it 75% of Americans own slave? Was it 80% of white people own slave? 50, 40, 30? Who remembers? Raise your hand if you remember. What was it? One. One percent, right? And, and I see these things on social media where like all of you and all of your founding, all of your 
great-great-great-great-great-grandfathers, if they were white, they were slave owners, right? But the reality is, in 1860, the total U.S. population was about 31 million, and and included 3.5 million slaves. And the Census Bureau, this is government information, the Census Bureau data from that period shows that about 1.4% of free people owned slaves in 1860. Now, uh, we banned it in America, and do you know how many slaves there are now in America? Does anybody know? One million, two million. Raise your hand if you think it's more than two million. It's 48 million worldwide, right? Uh, 48 million slaves... We're going to stop there because we're out of time. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. We would like to tell you a little bit about our Pure Word ministry. Pure Word is a ministry that helps people with life-controlling issues such as alcohol, drug, and pornography addiction. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Our desire is to help people break free from the heavy yoke of life-controlling issues. Pure Word meets every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. here at Calvary Chapel Caldwell. For more information, call 453-9653 or visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on The CW, Channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, We'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you. May you have a great day. Today is the day.